0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. This is episode 95, and today is a special interview with episode in conjunction, in, in collaboration and partnership with IWE UK, uh, a very good wrestling organisation uh, that's coming out of Essex, and I'll be uh, interviewing one of their up-and-coming young superstars very, very soon. But for all of that, just to throw out one singular plug, and that's uh, our new Wrestling with Jonas website, wrestlingwithjonas.com where you can find links to all of our social media pages, so if you want to... Find out where to get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You've got the links at the top of the page. Our full archive of podcasts, video casts, vlogs, interviews are all up there as well, including uh, daily uh, news updates on the wonderful world of pro wrestling that we all love and of course articles from my team of writers and links to uh, merchandise as well for Wrestling with Jonas if you're interested in getting a Wrestling with Jonas t-shirt that is of course uh, but as I said this is the, the second in our series of, series of interviews in partnership with uh, wrestling promotion out of Essex IWE UK to help shine a bit of a light on some of their many up and coming young wrestling talents and uh, my next interview in partnership with IWE UK, of course, is the very exciting Maverick Blade. So, Maverick, good evening. Thank you for coming on the Wrestling Majora's podcast. How
1: are you? Yeah, I'm doing I'm um, pretty good. I'm excited to be here. First podcast, so I can tick that one off the list. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much ready to do this. Excellent. No, we're very,
0: very happy to have you on board and really happy to be working in partnership with IWE UK. One um, what, what of my kind of favourite questions I like to ask any guest that comes on the podcast uh, and with any of my interviews is about um, my guest's kind of love for professional wrestling and uh, their, their first kind of taste of professional wrestling, their first recollection of seeing professional wrestling either in person or on the TV screens. Can you remember that far back to when you first kind of saw professional wrestling on tv or wherever it might have been and kind of what got you hooked about it essentially so tell us about your your fandom for pro wrestling then
1: yeah i guess uh, i sort of um i found it quite late on i I was probably about 11 years old when i first sort of uh, saw wrestling i always had heard about it through friends but i'd never watched it um, and I remember just at my dad's house one day and I was just flicking through the channels and I saw it. I, I can't remember what match it was, but I just kept watching and watching. And then when I went over there next week, I would have it recorded and I just sort of kept watching it that way and got really, really heavily into it. Um, and I think it was that classic thing of just seeing it on TV um, and and it made a massive impression on me. I think it was just uh, the flamboyance, how big the characters were. Um, and also, also like the, the athletic side, you know, these guys are doing some crazy things in there. And I think it just resonated with me. And it was something that I wanted to do from very early on after I found out about it.
0: Yeah. And uh, can you remember some of your, your, your favorite wrestlers from back in your kind of early wrestling fandom who stood out to you, uh, back in, I I suppose it would have been the early to mid two thousands. Uh, can you remember who were some of your favorite wrestlers back then?
1: Yeah. So I started watching just after WrestleMania 24. Um, I think the, uh, that was the first pay per view that my friend burnt onto a, a disc for me, and it was the, that was when I really started getting into it. Um, and the the guys back then that really would I was drawn to there was two of them: uh, it was CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. Um, and and those two guys, are, you know, Punk with the whole straight edge thing, that was something that was was massively important to me. I, I was straight edge for about three years when I was younger, yeah. um, and, and Jeff Hardy was just there was something about how he was just being himself and it came across as being quite natural because I think he is this this character and he's just letting it show and he's just having fun with it. Uh, and I think that was what drew, drew me into him. But both of those guys were, were very influential to me.
0: Yeah, and uh, no uh, two better wrestlers than Jeff Hardy and CM Punk to kind of get you hooked into uh, professional wrestling, I suppose. But uh, how would you say that your, your love for wrestling as a fan has changed over the years, especially as you've kind of got a little bit older, got a little bit wiser, and now that you're involved in the business itself, how would you say that your, your love for professional wrestling as a fan has changed, as, as your tastes change, as your kind of uh, you know, love for certain organisations changed as the years have moved on?
1: Yeah, I think it's just, um, it's not necessarily been changed, but it's just my my knowledge for it has just grown and I've, I've never really found a promotion, um, that after I've watched it, I wouldn't watch again. So, you know, I don't watch many promotions consistently, but I will watch anything, uh, all the different styles, it all interests me to see the different takes on how things are done. Um, obviously how it's presented differently now with being involved with, with the running of IWE as well, um. The perspective changes because now I'm looking at not only what's happening in the ring with the two wrestlers, I'm looking at how it's being produced, how the show looks, you know, what measures they're taking to make sure that their production looks as good as it can be. I think you have the different perspectives on it um, just as a result of obviously being in that position yourself
0: yeah uh, um, would you say you you watch a, a lot more indie wrestling nowadays compared to the mainstream product um how has your kind of wrestling choices changed uh, certainly uh talking today 2020 um do you tend to stick with more the indie stuff because that's what you're involved in or do you still uh dip in and out of the mainstream stuff
1: um so i a lot of my friends come and watch uh watch the shows with me so we yeah. watch a lot of wwe's content um nxt is the favorite right now um uni students seem to be eating it up. Uh, they're really enjoying it. Um, and I think it's just uh, the way they're presenting their content. It's a lot more serious than what we're tr- used to with WWE. So mm-hmm. that's one that sticks out um, as for the indie stuff. Um, I'm quite lucky that we get, um, we get people sending tapes into IWE with the links to YouTube and stuff. Um, so just as a result of that, you get exposed to, to all sorts of companies from all over the place. Uh, and, I think that's quite exciting because you never know when you click on a link what you're going to see. Um, it, it could be anything. I've seen some some guys who send and their, their stuff is comedy, and it's it's really really well done. And I think it's just exciting to be able to be in a position where that's sort of just being given to me, and I'm not going out looking for it. it it's sort of there uh, in the inbox of the of the page as like a little library that I can dip into whenever I um whenever I want to revisit bits that I've enjoyed.
0: Yeah, that, that's really cool. That's really cool. And um, tell me a little bit about uh, you wanting to become a professional wrestler. So, can you kind of think back to what sparked that desire to want to become a professional wrestling a wrestler at the very beginning? How 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 did you kind of make that decision to say one day you know I'm going to be a professional wrestler? Is it a desire that you've always had, or is it something that kind of happened all of a sudden, kind
1: of more um, recently? I, I'd say it was a it was a more of a build. So. Um, I was obviously watching it for a couple of years and then I went on a family holiday to Butlins and All-Star Wrestling. Well, obviously, um, they, they run shows on the camps. Uh, they were doing a show there and we went to watch it. And um, two of the guys on the show, uh, who at the time I had no idea who they were, um, but it was uh, ended up being Seamus and Wade Barrett. Right. Um, and obviously, I think I saw those guys on that show. Um and I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. And then when I saw those guys pop up in WWE, I think it clicked in my head that actually this is achievable because people that I saw a few years ago working at this small holiday camp are now over in the States and they've made it big. And I think that made the link in my head that it was something that can be done. And I think that was one of the reasons why that decision ended up being made because um, from the second I made it, I was I was dead serious about it. I think I was about 16 years old when I decided that I, I wanted to be a wrestler and be involved in the business. Um, and I, I told everyone who would listen the way I was going to do it uh, was I was going to save up all the money that I could and I was going to buy a ring and put it in my garden so that I could train whenever I wanted to. Um, and I, I, was, I was dead serious about it. No one believed me. And then obviously it ends up happening. And um, people start to take it more seriously. But it was one of those things that after i would made that decision in my head to do it, I knew I was going to have to go and do it.
0: So so uh, tell me a little bit about the whole process. Then. So how did you find out about the, the training school to start off with and then eventually taking that big step to turn up on day one, learning all the basics, taking your first bumps? Uh, it must have been quite a daunting start uh, to, to kind of getting into professional wrestling, learning the ropes, so to speak. Tell us a bit about that process and how we started off.
1: Um, it was an interesting one. Uh, the first wrestling ring I ever stepped foot in was my own one um i i was so serious about it in my head that when i was 17 i said the money i had enough um so i i I go online i find out uh, about where you can get these rings from um i I get in touch with them order it it gets delivered um and and the first bump i took was in the middle of my back garden in this ring um so you know i i knew that it was uh had an element of, of obviously it was gonna hurt right um and people were like well what if it hurts too much and you decide like, you don't want to do it uh, and then the sort of the stubborn side of me came out and was like don't worry i'm gonna do it um and it sucked the first bump it really sucked uh it, it hurt a lot uh, because i didn't really understand the mechanics of how the ring worked at the time or the mechanics of how to bump whatsoever <laughs> um and it, it sucked it was bad um and i sort of uh, everyone was sort of watching See, I see what it was going to be like, and I sort of had to just sort of firm it and sit up and say that it was fine. Because after you've just spent three grand on it, you don't want people thinking that you've wasted your money. Um, exactly, when, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and now when it's taken up half of your mother's back garden as well, um, you you really don't want them thinking that you made a mistake. So you have to just stick it out. And then, and then did you find a, a, a wrestling
0: school? I mean, what was the next step in terms of your development? Um, I mean, yeah. obviously, you continued practicing in your own ring. You were very, very fortunate to, to have your own ring. But did you go somewhere and, and kind of pay a school to develop you further?
1: Yes. So um, I ended up going to uh, train to wrestle over uh, in Hounslow. And the uh, way I found out about this place was... Um, a friend uh, worked with a, a girl who's, whose boyfriend was a wrestler and he uh, was just chatting to her one day and he happened to mention that I bought this ring and she was like no way my boyfriend would love that like let's meet up uh, you can introduce us um, and I met them and um, he he was very good to me uh, we, we sort of got in the ring and just did a little bit and um, each wanted to see like at what point I was at I think um, having like not actually been to a school um, and obviously, he's the one who introduced me to to train to wrestle. In the end, and I went over there uh, and spent a little bit of time with those guys, um, Terry and Liam. There, they were fantastic, um, and they were they were good because they didn't just teach you the in ring stuff; they were teaching you how to uh, handle yourself uh, as a businessman as well. Yeah. The you know that knowledge is really important uh, in an industry where we're all independent contractors. You need to be able to to fight your corner sometimes and and know when you're being taken advantage of um and that was that was really valuable to me um and those guys like i said they were absolutely fantastic uh and then they went on uh to be involved with our snow's wrestling academy um and they're doing very well uh, I, I, they are absolutely fantastic
0: yeah and that, that's a really fascinating kind of start into into training and your first start so you started training in your own backyard at the age of sixteen, then. And uh, how long before you made kind of your, your debut in a, in a proper match? Then can you remember what your what your debut match was like? Who it was against? Who it was for? So can you remember yeah. kind of? Uh, Would you training for long before you made your first uh, pro wrestling
1: debut? So I I'd, I I'd owned the ring for probably about six months or so. Yeah, and I um, I think I'd been in, involved with T two W for probably two months I would say Mm. Um, and I that they would they were asking the students if they knew of any venues that they thought would make good sites for one of their shows and they were gonna do a big charity show uh, and they wanted a nice venue um, with a decent capacity that they could do it and and I just happened to mention that the the uh, the events room at my high school was was the perfect spot for it. Uh, it it's the right size and Uh, you know because I was at the school we managed to work out a nice deal where because it was for charity they gave us a reduced rate and it worked out really well um and I think it um it was sort of as we were doing the show at the school that I was still a student at they almost felt compelled to put me on the show I think so they put me in this battle royal um and it was a lot of fun um there was all sorts in obviously uh, Liam ended up being in the match as well so I felt more comfortable obviously knowing that one of the guys who trained me was there um and it was just a good experience, you know, friends and family there. Um, and it was quite a, um, even though it was a, a, just a small spot in a battle royal, I got chucked out pretty early on. Um, I sort of had my my moment there, and it, it meant a lot to me because obviously it was in front of a lot of people who had uh, at certain points doubted if I was ever going to do it. Um, and and now not only had I done what I said I was going to do, um, well, at least part the part of what I said I was going to do. I've done it and I've brought it to a, a place that is familiar to you all and you're, you're all seeing it firsthand. And that felt really good because it felt like I'd achieved something that I really just set my sights on.
0: Yeah. And I think we're going we're gonna to talk uh, a little bit later on about a, a particular match that you had that may also have been in the same school, but I think we'll touch on that a bit later on. Uh, so when did, so you made your, your wrestling debut quite early on into your training process hmm. then. Um, you said your first match was was the Battle Royal. Um, when, when did you kind of start to realise that you're actually getting quite adapt to professional wrestling, that you're becoming quite good as a wrestler? And when did you find your
1: confidence inside the ring? Well, it was... Um sort of uh, thrust upon me because after the battle royal, there was uh, uh, a few guys that I'd met at that show who were on uh, and had come from Portsmouth and they were uh, running a promotion or setting one up rather down uh, in the south coast uh, in near Portsmouth, and they uh, had approached me after the show and said, um, "Would I be interested in working the show?" Uh, which really surprised me because I, I wasn't expecting to to get uh, any sort of uh, contacts from this show because. Um, so I'll tell you what, some of the kicks I threw in that first match were, were trash. I uh, watched it back. It, it makes me cringe every time I see it. So I wasn't expecting any interest from anyone. But obviously, when there is, you don't turn it down. So I gave them the contact info. Um, they gave me a call uh, and said that they'd like to work with me. And it was for their first show. And obviously, that's fantastic. I assumed I was going to be in some sort of squash match against one of the guys they wanted to establish. Um, and then they sort of sprung it on me that actually um, they'd work. That They they were um, borrowing the T2W champion for the show as an attraction to main event the first show. Um, and uh, part of that agreement was that he had to face someone from the Academy as sort of a, an insurance that the title would remain with, with their own guys, right? Yeah. And the only yeah. other guy from the Academy on the show was me. So all of a sudden, I was in this position in my second match in of having to sort of have my first one-on-one match ever in front of a crowd not only be on this company's first show, but also be in their main event for a championship. And it was terrifying um, because I really, I wasn't ready for it. Um, And um, that actually turned out to be a blessing because it forced me out of my comfort zone and it forced me to, to really just work my ass off to try and just get through the match. You know, the the focus for me was obviously I want to have a good match, but let's just make sure that I'm getting through it as well, because there were, you know, I, I wasn't in a position I thought where I was I could do that. Um, but actually, working with the guy I faced, Theodore Powers, um, I I was very lucky because he was very good to me in in, in guiding the match. He was he was calling the spots. Uh, we worked a lot of it out beforehand, um, and it, it went okay. Uh, it, it went okay, and I ended up doing some more work with that company. Um, and yeah, it, it was a nice little run down there. But it was a it was being thrown in at the deep end, I guess
0: i was gonna say it does sound like you're throwing at the deep end but it sounds like you had a, r- a really fun experience and it did kind of always force you to come out of your comfort zone and, and potentially develop uh a quicker really so um uh, i mean you've been resting now for i mean by my calculations what five maybe six years yeah, um
1: that's
0: right. so so uh you you're still very young still only what 22 at the moment then uh, yeah. maverick um d- Tell us a little bit about your your kind of your, your gimmick then, your character, because when you started, I'm guessing that, that you didn't really have much of a gimmick or a character. But how would you say that uh, your gimmick was, how has it progressed and how has it developed through the years to the point where we've now got Maverick Blade? Uh, in the year you know, 2019 2020 uh, so so kind of how have you made that progression with, with character and with with your gimmick uh, through to what we've got today then
1: uh, it's an interesting one because obviously when I, I, I had my first couple of matches um, especially for the battle royal it was on sort of short notice it was sort of we didn't know if we we're going to be in or not um, so I hadn't really got a gimmick as such I was just sort of thrown out there and the battle royal obviously I was supposed to be a heel but everyone in the crowd knew me as 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 Brooke, so it was uh, yeah. it was a tricky one because it, it, you know I couldn't be here in front of my friends and family. I tried, but they're not going to boo me, you know. Um, <laughs> it, unfortunately, it was a task that I couldn't achieve. But I think it was more when I I did that first match with KWE um, in in that main event for for that title with Theo. <laughs> um, I I was forced to be a very vocal heel because the uh, in-ring skills weren't really there. And I knew that going in. So in my head, what I was thinking is, it's okay, because no matter what happens, you can always scream at the crowd and make them think that you're a twat. It's, you know, and and for some reason, my friends will tell you, I'm a very sarcastic Um, mean-spirited person sometimes who just likes to, you know, if I think something's funny, I don't really register that it might upset some people and I just sort of say it. Um, I I realised if I sort of just let that through and focus it in on on especially the the, the kids in the crowd, you can get a really strong reaction because the kids don't don't understand they're being worked, right? And it's a lot of fun when you get them hooked on it uh, and then they become invested in whatever happens in the match because they hate you so much. You know, I think like when you look at it from that standpoint as a heel, your job is to, is to make everyone in that room want to see you get your ass kicked. And I think how you do that can change on a night to night basis. And I think the character sort of developed into just basically being a massive dickhead. And I think that's when, when promotions ask me, what's the gimmick? That's sort of how I describe it to them, because you know, obviously he's got the name. He's got this look with the, these ridiculous long, baggy shorts that they, they, that, they, that he's worn, and people are confused by it at first. But I designed the the gear um, to to not look like this. The shorts were supposed to come and be normal length, but when they came like that, and I had to wear them for the first couple of matches, I got comfortable wearing them. I realized that because they looked so stupid. People were expecting me to come out and be goofy and to tell jokes and stuff. So when I switch it and start screaming at their children and making them cry, not only do they hate me because I've made their children cry. They hate me because it's not what they were expecting either. Uh, uh, Would you say that um, Maverick
0: Blade?